You've been very good. Thank you. And you all came back. <laughs> seated in heavenly places, we are seated in a place of authority. The heavenly realms are a place of authority from which we live and operate from. So we don't live from, operate from ordinary. It's from, from looking down on situations. Our pastor in Cape Town, uh, we come from the New Frontiers Church, Jubilee Church in Cape Town, with Table Mountain, and our pastor went up on the mountain, and he looked down, and I mean the cars and everything is about, and God said to him, that's the perspective you must have on problems, on all that. It's, you know, we look at problems and we look like this. But he says, this is how it actually is. This is the size of the problem when you have a mindset of heavenly, heavenly places and bring the problems to God. It's from this place that we love others, bring peace, pray for the sick, cast out demons, and release joy in all circumstances. And that's really... Our, our portfolio, our CV, is what do you Christians do? Oh, we advance the kingdom, we preach the gospel, we heal the sick, we raise the dead, and we drive out demons. Yes. That doesn't mean, well, yeah, but I, I haven't done it, so it's not my CV. Doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if you haven't done it, that is the CV. And we can actually say, Lord, I'd like to use my CV a bit more and do some of these stuff. Because it belongs to us. Heavenly realms is a place of wisdom. Um, Ephesians 3.10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly realms. Amazing. His in intent was that now, through the church. Do you love the church? Now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly realms, according to his, his eternal purpose that he, that he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. We carry the wisdom of God that confounds the wise and that um, shows principalities and powers who is actually in charge. Because God has given us that, that manifold wisdom of his. Amazing. Jesus never intended us to keep these two worlds separate, like a kind of heavenly part of us and then an earthly part of us. One for Sunday and the other for the rest of the week. What you are on a Sunday is what you should be the rest of the week. We are seated in heavenly places, whether we work as a doctor, a, a street sweeper, a debt collector, a whatever it is, we, we are seated in heavenly places and we are spiritual people. We, shouldn't, we should be exactly the same. So as much as one calls on God on a Sunday here, it's to be wherever you are, in your home, in your kitchen, with your family, no matter where you are, it is, um, if you're working with, with CAP, whether, no matter what it is you're doing, it should be, Father, I'm the church. I represent you. And I'm part of this organization, school, hospital, uh, home, whatever. 
and I want to represent you best here. You go into your work as a Christian, but also representing the church. Amazing. We have been commissioned as the church to go and, and bring God's manifold wisdom into places. We are the church. We, as the church, are the dwelling place of God on earth. Isn't that mind-blowing? We, as the church, are the dwelling place of God on earth. And so we carry him wherever we go, and he doesn't leave. And, you know, the aroma of Christ. I, I quite like Chanel perfume, and I get it as gifts, and it's quite expensive. So you put a little bit on, you know, that can waft a bit. Um, but the, the, the aroma of Christ is so beautiful, and it's free, free for us, cost him everything, free for us. But we carry this aroma of Christ into the world, into our business, into schools, our homes. Where we go, things happen because we are, because we are there. We are the carriers of his presence that brings change into difficult situations. Do you think of yourself like that? Father, I want to ask that when we walk out here today, our shoulders will be back knowing I carry the presence of God. I thought it was those special people or those special conferences I go to, they have it. But that's just their job. They're just doing what God prepared in advance for them to do. They know better or know worse. That's their gifting. We all carry the presence of God wherever we go. We are so rich. And it's for everyone else. It's an abundance to bring healing. Marvelous. The church must be a place of demonstration of God's imminent presence and power. Just the way Jesus showed us. Jesus modeled. You read the Gospels. He modeled it. And the disciples looked. And then... They did it, and then he sent them, and it worked, and that should be our model. Jesus is our model. He did it. He commissioned. He will come and rescue us and help us wherever he's put us. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And he walked on the street, and he brought healing and so on. And um, now we don't walk around bringing healing all over. But it's like uh, I say to God, okay, Lord, in the morning, I'm ready. I'm just going to live. Bring them to me. Do you see the difference? I don't go looking for people. They come looking for me. And then I will do whatever is necessary. Being... Seated in heavenly places is a realms is a place of warfare. Ephesians six verse twelve. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil one in heavenly realms. So often we're trying to fight battles from our earthly perspective or position rather than from our true position in Christ. Put on the full armor of God to stand against this devil's schemes, to stand your ground, and having done everything, to stand and to stand firm. 
And there was a, a season in South Africa, and maybe it was here, and maybe people still do it, but where people got quite um, besotted with Ephesians 6. And they would get up in the morning, and before doing anything, Lord, I now put on my hat, and I put on my armor, and I put on the shoes. And if they got up late and they couldn't do it, their day was ruined because they hadn't put the stuff on. And that's fair. Well, if you want to do it, that's fine. But what if you can't? Actually, it's what is in the mind. Do we know that we are saved? Do we know that he's the protection? So the armor is actually what God says about us. That's the armor, the, the boots that are ready to give the gospel. The sword of the word. Do we know a few verses that we can cling to when things get tough? But to me, the armor is knowing who I am. That is armor. I'm born again. Don't mess with my brain because my brain is protected with the blood of Jesus and what I know about him. And he lives in me. And so there's the armor. is all over me. So I don't say every morning, Lord, I claim Ephesians 6 because it's like, it's mine. It, I made, uh, Jesus made an exchange with me. He took my sin and everything away and he gave me all these things. It makes sense. We are not primarily commanded to fight, but to stand. So it's not fighting every enemy force. It's not looking for every demon and seeing the, the evil in everything. It is, Father, there's something going on there. Now, I'm here, and I'm going to watch to see what you're going to do. It's standing, but standing firm, trusting God. Lord, something's a mess in our family. Father, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. And if he says, do something, then I'll do it. But my eyes are on you until he actually says it. Spiritual warfare is a battle of the mind and of the heart. This is Satan's master plan of deception. Satan comes and he de he de he's the master of deception. Yeah, he deceives us. And he uh, says to us, you can't and you won't. And I'll... I, I've got this area forever, and that family member will never change. They will never get saved. They will never. They will never. They will never. And we start believing the never. And it's like, no. God. I mean, God saved me, and he saved you, so why not save all the other people? Do you see? What's so, what was so nice about us? That we could get saved, and yet those people, whoa, they're so difficult. They are, they, they are very tough. And God says, I like the tough ones. That's why I saved you and me. I have found that casting out demons seems to be only one-third of what spiritual warfare is. The other two-thirds has to do with how we think. Do you see? How we think is very important. If you think low of yourself... Um, in biblical things, if you think, low, who, who am I? Spiritual warfare is going to come and beat you up. If you think, no, hold on. All authority has been given to me. I can't be messed with. Sometimes I lose my footing. But it's not long and I'm back saying, Father, help. 
And he comes, he comes racing to us. In Psalm 18, David says, uh, my enemy came against me and uh, all the trouble surrounded me and I called on the Lord and the sky went dark and he thundered and lightning came out and he rescued me from my foes. Why? Because he loves me. That's what the Psalm 18 says. And it is. When we say, Lord, he says, who's messing with you? Let me get at them. But so often we battle, and we battle. We forget about God in the battles. Instead of putting it where it belongs, he can sort out battles. But we try sorting it out ourselves and holding grudges and uh, hold, keeping un, uh, um, unforgiveness and opening doors so that so the devil will come with his deception. You will never be free. You will never be free. You will always hate that person, and it's a lie. God has given us a handbook by which to live. So this is for worship, but it's also, what did, what did Jesus do? What, what happened there? What happened in the Old Testament? How did they do it? So that I can follow those things. Uh, Lord, give me some scripture. How do I overcome? My head is in a mess. Give me something. And you find you read, and boom, up comes the words. Or, I don't know if you like me, I can read, and then I get away, and I've forgotten everything I've read. But you know what? When I need it, it's there. It comes flooding back when I need it. Some ways of keeping the doors closed. Through prayer. Ephesians 6.18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And I, I read from my prophecy last night, are we, we are our brother's keepers. We've got to watch each other's back and, back and pray for each other. We are each other's keepers. Pray without ceasing. John, uh, James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Who's righteous in this place? <laughs> you are learning. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that marvelous to be able to say, but I am righteous. So from coming in this morning to, to be able to put that spiritual warfare. And Father, I'm so thrilled with you that you do this. You come and show us who we are. And even if we think, I'm putting my hand up because she wants it, but I don't really believe it. Just by doing that, already something is being declared and the air is being punched. And you'll start thinking differently. Do what the Bible says and, you will, and it become your life. Uh, don't wait to feel. Yeah, but I don't feel like I've changed. Do what the Bible says and change comes. So some ways of keeping the door closed. Prayer. Saying no to habits. Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under the law but under grace. And that doesn't mean one shouldn't go, um, you know, through addiction programs and this and that. But it's the willingness. Oh, Father, make us willing to be free. Make us willing. Let us be willing to be free of these things that give the devil a hold on us. And we want to work. I remember being in Cape Town and um, a guy came to see me and he said he had a, a battle with pornography. And he, he said, 
And he loved the Lord, and he said he couldn't worship on a Sunday because he couldn't put his hands up because he was, he was so full of sin. And we had to get people together to pray with him and set him free. Do you see? It messes with the mind. And we've got to make sure we get released or be willing to be released from things that mess with our minds and keep us from worshiping God. Reading the Bible. And if you battle with reading or concentration isn't right, you know, online... The Bible gets read to you. There's ways now of getting the Bible across. When you're driving to a place, put the Bible on a CD. Put, get it, do something there. It's such a privilege to live in this era of uh, Google and so on and IT because things are readily available. Feed yourself with the Bible and let it be read to you if there's a difficulty in actual reading. Um, but it's very important to feed the mind with the Bible. The Word of God is most powerful weapon against the temptations of the devil. Romans 12.2 Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing, and perfect will. As you read the Bible, we know. We read and we think, that's how I should be. Now, Lord, come and do something. And then we keep on advancing the kingdom, expecting him to come to change us because that's what he said he would do. We need to come to God and ask him to heal our minds in such a way that the strongholds which may have formed in our way of thinking will be broken in the name of Jesus. So growing up in apartheid South Africa, we as white people had been brainwashed, and, and people of color, black people, had been brainwashed. And when I went in the townships, I didn't know what was real and what, what's going on here. And I had to say, I put my hand on my head for months and said, Father, break this brainwashing, break the way I think. Break whatever has formed a stronghold in my thinking of white superiority or racism or what." Break it, Father. Break it. I hate it. But I, I don't know what to do. Break it. And I fed myself on the Bible and, and books written by people on the subject, which was so helpful. I fed myself until something was broken. And we ourselves, when you spot something, say, Father, this head isn't working too well. Will you, and, and will you do something? I speak healing over my mind in the name of Jesus. Speak healing. Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. This means that it is possible. You know, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, that being in very nature God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself. But the Bible says your mind should be the same as Christ Jesus. What the Bible says is always available to us. So when it says your, your mind should be the same as Christ Jesus, it's like, oh, it's, it's possible. It seems so impossible. But it wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't possible. So, Lord, make my mind more like Jesus because it says we have the mind of Christ. I don't see it. Father, do something in here that I see more clearly. I'm now going to speak on the... 
demonic side of spiritual warfare. So we've done the, uh, the how we think in our heads. As a man thinks, so is he. If I think I'm full of authority and power, that is what I will be. If I think, oh boy, I'm all broken and mess and a victim, that is how I will be. So that is spiritual warfare. But there's also what is called deliverance, which is doors get opened and um, strongholds get formed in our mind, like my mind with apartheid or other stuff. Strongholds get formed and we need freedom. It's like the enemy's got his claws and he puts it in our brain and he holds it tight. And we know something's not right, but we can't shift it. And we need to come to God for that, ourselves or others around, to say, Lord, break the stronghold of whatever over, over our minds and our hearts in the name of Jesus. Or if the, sometimes we have got, uh, become Christians from a background of just living. And in the process, we have opened the doors to, to the demonic. And when we get born again, uh, we are washed clean. We are washed, and the Holy Spirit comes in. But there's this little room that is still tight. And we think, oh, there's something. And then the Holy Spirit makes us aware, that room, that room you must give to me. Because there's something in there that's hidden. It's like it was explained in a preach to me long ago. Uh, we let Jesus into our, um, uh, into our front room. And he can even come into the kitchen. And, you know, but not the bathroom. Because we haven't cleaned up the bathroom. That loose in a mess. You know, that kind of thing. We clo keep the door closed of certain areas. Sometimes we don't even know those areas are there. And then God puts his finger on. And then that means we say, Father, in that area, I'm, I'm, I'm not fully committed to you in that. I give that to you. And that's what deliverance is. And at times God puts his hand on us and we quite like what we're doing or where we are at or, you know, with unforgiveness. No, I will not forgive. Look what they did. And we open a door to, to demonic powers that then it, it cannot control us because we're born again, um, but it does harm us, and that needs an actual deliverance. Father, I want to ask for peace on each person now. This is more the hectic stuff. I want to ask for peace. I want to ask for protection in our minds. No fear comes on us. We're the people of God. This is our right to know this. Father, will you expose the lies of the enemy? Give us, give us the power needed to sit through this session. Give us all the protection that is needed. Send hosts of angels and keep us safe in here. And we're not scared, Lord, but we quite like it when you do that for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You all right? Everybody all right? Yeah? Wayne Grudem in Systematic Theology says... If we truly believed the scriptural testimony to the existence and activity of demons, and if we really believe that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the evil one, then it would seem appropriate to expect that even today, 
When the gospel is proclaimed to unbelievers, and when prayer is made for believers who have been perhaps been unaware of the dimension of spiritual conflict, there will be a genuine and often immediately recognizable triumph over the power of the enemy. What Wayne Grudem is saying, Christians, there's an enemy. And we don't talk about it because we're all nice. And so we don't go there because maybe if we don't talk about him, he will forget about us and he'll leave us alone. Let's just be nice. And then he will leave us alone. No, he won't. We are at war. We, if you're born again, you join the ranks of the army. We are the army of God. We sing songs about being the army of God. We are the army and we're in warfare all the time. From the moment, well, from the moment you're born, you're in warfare. But when you become born again, we are, we are at war. We have an enemy who hates us. And he's, he can't take our life. He can't do stuff. But he can mess with our heads. Mess, mess. We give him areas of our lives. And he has control there in those areas. And um, it doesn't have to be like that. With the army of God, we should know spiritual things. We should be able to recognize that's demonic. Father, it's not that's demonic. Ooh, that's so scary. Look, that's demonic. It's not go demon chasing and looking for demons in people and behind every bush and all kinds of things. It is, Father, there's something evil there. Now I turn to you. Father, what must I do? Do you see? Eyes on God. See what's evil. Eyes on God. Because otherwise, we become a, pe a people besotted with deliverance and evil. And what kind of church is that? The power will run through our feet and we will be of no good. But it's to, for God to open our eyes to see, ah, oh, there's evil. Okay, Lord, between you and I, we can deal with that. Are you okay with that? Are you scared? You all right? Good. Two Corinthians ten. For though we live in the world, we 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 are not carrying on worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. From the moment you're born again, from the moment, it's not how mature are you, from the moment you're born again, he comes to live in you, we've got power to break strongholds. Isn't that amazing? That's a generous God. Luke eleven twenty one. one of my favorite verses in the Bible. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides the spoils. So if somebody has a demonic problem, that's a strong man. And he holds, and, he's, and I've prayed for deliverance for people. And the strong man says, who are you? I won't. I won't. And it's not the person, it's the strong man talking. And, uh, and I have said, yes, you will, in the name of Jesus. And you see the name of Jesus is the stronger man that overpowers that strong man that thought it had a hold. Do you see? We have him in us who is the stronger man. I just find that so liberating, so wonderful. The name of Jesus, we used to sing an old song, the name of Jesus is as, is as ointment poured forth. 
the name of Jesus. It's like sugar in my mouth. I just love the name of Jesus. And it's not a magical mystery thing. It is. It's him. Jesus. And the devil flees when we mention the name of Jesus. Because he's so wonderful. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Interesting. All authority is given to Jesus. And he says, now go. I've, I've given you authority in my name to go and do these things. So deliverance isn't an exact science. Nobody can teach you, now you do this, then you do that, then you do that. There's no method because it's a, it's a spiritual thing. There's no hard and fast rules of how to do it. It is Holy Spirit-led. So we need to remain in contact with him when praying with someone. Never assume that you are fully trained and can lean on your own abilities. Ooh, I've prayed for, for deliverance for 20 people. I know what I'm doing now. <gasps> Frightening. Always stay in a place of, oh my word, I might have prayed for 20, but this is number 21. And every person's different. <gasps> Father! It's you. It's not how trained I am. It's always you. So I never become a specialist in anything. Because if I'm a specialist, he's not in charge anymore. I can do all these things because I'm so specialist. That doesn't mean one can't be a specialist in an area. But when you are a specialist, it's not because you're so fully trained. Be careful of that. When someone says... Because people have called me a specialist in various areas. And I think, oh, I never want to get such a specialist that I can just do this stuff and not need him. I always want to need him. He's my specialist. There's no hard and fast rules. It's Holy Spirit led. Remain in contact with him. We will fall flat on our faces if we try to, with arrogance, well, I'm a Christian. He lives in me, so Satan, go. It's not like that at all. It's keeping in touch with God. The fight is his. It's not mine. And all glory is, is for him. It's not mine. Also, it may, lose to, um, it may lead to pride. If we have prayed for a lot of people and it's worked, oh, well, bring them to me. I will get rid of them. The moment there's pride, you know, the thing that... Um, that, that Satan wanted was, I'm, to, I'm going to be like God. It's the pride and the power. The moment we say, I can do this, we lose all power. We lose all power. And we more fall into his camp and put your hand in his little crispy hand instead of into the hand of God. When praying for deliverance, it is better to do it in a team so that there is backup all the time. Please, unless you... Land in a situation. Please don't go look for a situation to go and pray with someone by yourself. This is a team thing. God made us for teams. I love teams. One person at a time should be doing the praying. I've been in situations where somebody has manifested and about 20 people have got around and screamed until they hoarse. And I think, oh, then they come and call me and I think, no, I'm not getting into that. Because 
Deliverance is an authority issue. You've got to know who you are. And that's why I did the whole thing about uh, spiritual warfare and seated in heavenly places. It's an authority issue. It's not how loud do you scream issue. And so the more people scream, the more the devil doesn't listen because it just causes confusion. So it's one at a time. So um, I led somebody to the Lord in Cape Town in the week. And on the Sunday afternoon, I was minding my own business. And there was a knock on the door. And there stood this girl. And she said, I was drying my hair and I felt something in my throat. And I think God said to me, it's demonic and I must come to you. You will help me. Go away. I only led you to the Lord. I can't help you. But I knew somebody, a friend of mine, who prayed for deliverance. So I phoned him. Charles, come. So he came and he let me do the work. And it was like that quick training. And it was quite a hectic deliverance. Um, it's like God wanted to put me on a fast track. And I learned, I learned so much. Because as uh, Charles said, just plead the brother. Because the, it, it, was, it was not a very good demonic situation. And uh, it could have frightened the life out of me. But in me, I thought, no, I'm a child of God. Otherwise, it could get scary. And... Um, and he said, talk about the blood of Jesus. And as I said, the blood of Jesus is on this woman, the demonic said, not the blood. Not the blood, it's alive. Don't talk about the blood. I thought, I will talk about the blood. Do you see? And, um, and at one point, I was praying in tongues. And this demonic thing said, don't pray in that language. I don't understand it. Stop it. I pray in tongues. Do you see? That? That's, that's, that's the power of praying in tongues. It, it builds one up. But as I'm praying in tongues, I then say, Father, give me the interpretation. And as I'm interpreting, Father, you're the one. You're the one who does everything right. You, you do. And then you help people to get free. And I get an answer to what is going on and what I must pray for next. Because in my mind comes words. And I then know what stronghold is going on in person's mind. You're still, all still all right. Is it hectic? Is it, is it fine? Father, protect us. Protect us. I want to ask that no fear come on here. Because this isn't a day of fear. This is a day of power and a sword in our hands to do the job of revival. Do you see? This is helping us with revival. Because many people are going to come in. Once they see the cleanness of the church and the bright and shining star of Jesus, they're going to come in, and we're going to have to deal with many things, and we will empower it. It's not, oh, look at all these people. It's like, bring it on, Lord, because you are going to do the job. So I prayed for this, this woman while my friend Charles stood there, told me what to do. And at one point, uh, she was quite obscene with her mouth, and Charles said, kneel before Jesus, not facing us, but as if facing Jesus. And then he said to me, take your little finger and just put it on her spine. Okay, I'm under authority, let me. And I did. And the demon shouted, no, that's sore. 
that is so sore. Take it away. And I thought, the power of God is so big in us. And it's not about the little finger and stuff. It's him. It's like God put me on a fast track so that I can teach you now. Um, of the power in us, and we don't know. We don't know the power of the risen Jesus. The power that raised him from the dead is in us. To actually set people free. To break them free. Father, will you come and just give us the ability to understand who lives in us and the power available to set people free in Jesus' name. Pray for a word of knowledge. Lord, what's going on here? What's going on? I'm in contact with God all the time. Even, even as I'm talking to you, my mind uh, is saying, Father, help me next. What do I do next? What, what do I skip? Because I've, I've got lots of teaching. I teach at Bible colleges, so I've got lots of teaching. And I'm trying to sift out bits. And it's like, what do I do? And I say, I'm in contact with him while talking. And uh, you know how that happens. It just, yeah. And... And so you keep in contact with God while praying for people because he wants to give us words of knowledge and say to us, it's this and it's that. And the words will come in our heads. And I'm, I'm more practiced, so I, I trust what's in my head. But if it's quite a hectic word, then as I said last night, I will make it gentler. Or if I say to the person, may I, and I ask for permission all the time, I don't assume I say, may I pray for or to break a stronghold of fear? Is that okay if I pray that? And because I want the person to work with me. Um, and, and maybe that's my style. Maybe that's not how you need to do it. I'm just saying what I do. I, I love people. I love to give them dignity. I want them to work with me. Let's do this together. It's not here I come and I can do it all. I need the person we work together. The person who we're praying for, they must be willing. If people aren't willing, you can pray till 100 years and nothing moves. And you must understand that. Sometimes we're praying with people and nothing happens. It's because they're not ready yet. So if people aren't ready, I give them grace and let them go. And when they're ready, they must come back. And then I, and then I say, you're up for it now. Um, and I, I take the mystery away and said, I'm going to pray with you. And this could happen and this and this. And so I just want you to know you have a choice. Will you work with me? Will, can we work together on this? Do you want to be free? And I'm so confident, I will say to people, if you want to be free, I can guarantee. I can guarantee you. Isn't that brave, hey? 99.9%, and I always laugh and say, the 1% is like false humility, that you will be free. You will walk out free. Because you see, it's, it's not like the gift of healing. Will God heal or won't he? Unless he, you know that he's going to heal. You never, there's always that, it depends how I feel. 60%, 80% faith, whatever. But with deliverance, it's the name of Jesus. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's his turf. So I know if a person wants to be free, they will be free. Isn't that amazing? Do you believe me? A 
For example, if the word rejection comes to my mind, then I, I break, Father, I break, the, I break the power of rejection over, over this person in the name of Jesus. Just say, what name can we use? Uh, lamentations. I break, <laughs> it can't be anybody's name here. I break the hold of rejection over you, lamentations, in the name of Jesus, and I set you free. And you know, I'm so confident. I am so confident that I know that once I've done that, that rejection is broken. What happens then is I, I work longer with the people after deliverance. Deliverance is easy. It's easy for me and the person. Tomorrow, they've got to walk free. And whereas the enemy was here, once we've spoken the name of Jesus, he's there. But he's like a roaring lion. And he still sounds like he's here. And you wake up and he says, do you think that that worked? Do you really think that that miserable prayer and just quoting the name of Jesus got rid of me? And the person thinks, oh, it didn't work. And they get back into the stuff. But to be able to say to people, no, the enemy will roar. He's very upset because he's lost his little place. So he will roar, but it's to say, I was prayed for. No. So we've got to work. Uh, Terry Virgo, who is the founder of our family of churches, he would say, you've got to learn to walk in the good of it. Whatever you hear, walk in the good of it. You've got to choose to walk in the good of it. It doesn't just come and settle on you. You actually have to Learn to walk free. The, the, the stronghold will be broken. But the pattern of thinking and behavior that brought it on needs to be undone. And that is the renewing of the mind of walking free. I'm. Me and time, eh? And I've got so much, so much here. Ask the person who, who you're praying for. You know, if it's someone who speaks in tongues and they stand there and you're going to pray deliverance and they, and they pray in tongues or English or whatever language, no praying. Because they've got to be ministered to more than giving, like I said last night. Pray with your eyes open because uh, this, this won't happen. But what if... You've got your eyes closed and you're praying deliverance and the person is going to plant you. You're not going to know because your eyes are the next minute you're against the wall. And, and I'm sort of joking to make a point, but be aware that once you, it's not a, a big holy moment. This is war. This is war. And so you can look at the person. And I look at people in their eyes to see if they're free. And that comes with training, with practice. You can see when people are free. Because when I say to the demonic, uh, to the person, are you free yet? And they say, yes. But the demons lie. So they say, yes. But it's not the person, it's the demonic. And um, then I would look in the mouth and say, no. Come on, be free. Come on, let the big daddy, I break the hold of the big daddy in this life. In the name of Jesus. Um, and you watch as people's eyes go clear. Quite, quite amazing. That's why the Bible says the eyes are the mirror of the soul, because you can see what's happening in people. 
um, through the eyes. Father, just keep us grounded here and safe and no fear, but give us a roar in our belly of, I can do this. I can do this my right. It's my inheritance. And Father, if there's any of us here who needs some strongholds broken in our mind, Father, break it. And when we pray with each other, it's not going to be a big deal. It's just, let's walk out different to when we came in. Is that okay? You're up for that too. It's not scary. It's actually wonderful. Because we're getting ready for the droplets of revival. There could be strongholds of abuse, self-harm, hatred, anger, rage, shame, dependence, pride, um, fornication, sexual perversions that needs to be broken over the person's mind. Explain to the person as you go along and let them know what's happening at each point. So if I get sexual perversion in my mind, I think, right now, how do I deal with this? Because you don't blame or point fingers because you're adding to how awful they're feeling. So uh, I will say, you know, something's come to mind that something unclean has tried to rob you. Can I break the unclean thing that's tried to rob you? Do you see? It's got the same power, but it's come with a gentler inf uh, for the person's dignity. Always maintain the person's dignity. In a setup like this, say we're in a church context, and the moment I hear, and my ears are tuned to these things, and I hear something, I will run to that person to, to bring peace. And I will hold the person and bring peace. Because the person's dignity, they've got to come back next Sunday or whatever. Their dignity is worth more to me than let's put on a show. Come on, church, look what's happening. Because all eyes look, and that's not right. So we must preserve people's dignity. Um, when I, the first time I prayed with this woman, and she was set free. And it's like a, a quick training that God gave me. And I thought that was it. No more. I don't want, and this is not my area. I don't want to do it. Because it's not an area you run into. It's part of the gifts of healing that one doesn't, you know, Lord, bring on the cancer or the legs to grow. or the, I'll do all that, but not this. Um, and I was sitting in church on a Sunday, eve, uh, Sunday evening. And a word of knowledge came in the front. There's somebody here, and you've said you're going to sit through the service, and you're going to commit suicide. So our pastor said, who is that? Can you put your hand up? And the woman next to me, who I didn't know at all, puts her hand up. And the pastor says, Angela, will you take her out into one of the classrooms? We were in school. I thought, no. Why me? I've only had one training. Go away. But everybody is looking, so I took her out. And my friend, lovely, gentle Christian woman called Joy, she was so lovely. I said, Joy, come with me. And we went into the classroom. And as we went in, this woman, again, was not, it wasn't good. 
Um, and I went to close the door so that the, it wouldn't disturb the congregation. And my friend Joy thought, Angela doesn't know how to do this. She's going to get reinforcements. And then Joy saw me close the door and she thought, oh no. Because she looked at this woman who I was supposed to pray with. And it's like the woman blew up from the demonic. But then Joy looked at me and I didn't know this was happening until the next day when we spoke. She said she looked at me and she watched me get big in the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing? And I felt the power, but I didn't know how to do it without my friend Charles there. But I prayed deliverance on the woman, but I shouted because I thought that's how you do it. And I, you know, not, not too loud because of the congregation, but when you don't, when you want to shout and it's not loud, you do it like this. You, you know, and it was all like this because I didn't know it was an authority issue. I thought, it's how you shout. So, the, so hear my voice, Satan, out in the name of Jesus. The woman was set free, but the next morning I couldn't speak. <laughs> and I had to learn that it was an authority issue. So if you watch me praying with people now, I will never raise my voice. Because it's, it's, it's authority. I know my authority against the demonic because of Jesus. You will hear it get firmer. And I won't be messed with. It will take on it. A tone that is firm, but I will never raise my voice because I don't have to. So screaming and shouting is out. It proves nothing. It just makes you tired and it frightens people. It is the quiet voice that knows God does the work that wins. Time. 52. I, I, like, I want to keep to time because it's only right. But there's just such a lot of stuff. So explain to the person, if I know something's going to happen, I ask permission all the time. And, um, and I say, this, uh, this is how I'm going to pray for you now. Is that okay? Is that okay? Can we, can we deal with this? Can we deal with that? Because you, you work with the person, but it's, again, it's dignity. Jesus came to bring dignity. Satan takes dignity away from us. He robs us. The church is the restorer of dignity to people, to men and women. And especially if they've been broken or been in terrible situations, and especially abusive situations, the last thing we want to do is be kind of compounded. We actually bring healing to abuse with dignity. Dignity. And, and healing. And, and sometimes... One needs to pray for deliverance, and then you've got to pray for healing. Because the two is different. It's not, well, somebody's uh, mind is a bit messed. And so you pray for deliverance, now they're going to be free. Now all we do is break the stronghold, and then we still use the gift of healing to pray for healing of the mind. The person may need to be walked through the process of forgiveness before the strongholds can be broken over them. Let me tell you, Unforgiveness is so powerful. It is such a big stronghold. And um, uh, in Matthew 18, Jesus told the story of the, the, the servant who owed the king money and went to plead with the king. Um, and the king said, okay, I'll wipe out your debt. And then a lesser servant came to the one whose debt had been wiped out and said, 
I owe you this much. Will you wipe out my debt? And the one whose debt had been wiped out wouldn't do it. Put him in jail. And when the king heard this, he said, now put that person in jail. Cast him out there um, where, the, um, where there be weeping, wailing and gnashing of teeth. And it's, a, it's like this. We've been forgiven. From all kind, from we've been forgiven from it's not sins, it's sin in us. And then somebody does something to us or whatever, and we hold this grudge. Look what they did. And that doesn't make them that they didn't do it, but we hold on to it because it's my right. I, I, I'm so cross with them. The problem is. We then open the door to the tormentor, because that's what Matthew 18 says. Uh, Cast him out with the tormentors. That doesn't mean you lose your salvation, that kind of cast out. But it's as if, do you find when you have unforgiveness, it goes round and round the torment. And yeah, oh. And so it's as if we are have opened the door to give the enemy, we've put our hand into his hand and says, you have I don't want to forgive that person, so you have the right to torment me. Instead of, hold on, no, I'm going to, I don't even feel like forgiving that person. I've walked people through forgiveness, and they've done it through clenched teeth. I forgive John in the name of Jesus. They didn't, it's not a feeling. If you wait for your emotions before you forgive, you'll wait forever. It's biblical to forgive. Bless those who've cursed you. Bless and do not curse. And so through clenched teeth, people have forgiven simply because the Bible says, and because they felt like it. And then they be able to be free. With some people, just say the person had to forgive John. They told me it was John. And when I said, now forgive John, they clenched and they couldn't say John because the stronghold was so big. And I would say, can you say J? And they say, J-O-H-N. I say, what does it spell? John. 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 And it, it's very real stuff. And maybe it's stuff you haven't seen, but it's very real as that stronghold gets hold of people. And, uh, and sometimes we don't realize. We, we're praying with people and we doing, but we don't realize there are strongholds that need to be broken and we're the ones who, to set them free. Is that okay? And sometimes people can't say the name of Jesus. They've been talking, Christians. And then you pray with them. And then I let them spell the name J-E-S-U-S. What does it spell? Jesus. What does it spell? Jesus. In the end, they can shout Jesus. Then I know they're free. Amazing. Amazing power and authority that God has given us. You all still okay? Blown away? You all right? If, if someone won't forgive someone, I can't pray with them. I, I let them go away. I will pray with them that God will uh, bring them to a point where they want to forgive. Do you see? And they'll be willing to forgive. But I can't really pray deliverance for them because they, they've got to work with me. They're stuck. I won't. Then It's not, well, I've got a power of Jesus. I'll make you. No. They, they must be willing. All 
always, always willing. I chatted to some people at some point, and they were so scared of deliverance because they said, what if I pray with someone and the demon jumps out of somebody's mouth and runs up my, their arm and into their mouth? And so people have been scared of deliverance because it might hit them. It's impossible. And what happens is, say a, t a group is praying for somebody and they're breaking rebellion over the person. And suddenly one of the team members starts going, ooh. It's not that the rebellion jumped out of that person and into the team member. It's that that team member was struggling with rebellion too. So when you address rebellion, it will, manif it will come out in the team as well or whoever's praying. Is that okay? So you don't have to be scared. And then you just deal with two because God wants to. It's all about God wanting to unblock us. It's his favor on people to get them free. It's his kindness. It's his grace. It's not a, a smack. It is, come on, church. Let's be clean. Let, I've given this way. Let's be free. I've, I, I've given this, this um, gift of healing to get people free from strongholds and demons. And so it's a privilege to be prayed with and to be free. No shouting, no performing. What is, I think that's enough for now. Natalie.